Hello, and welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Good morning, and welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. We are here with Tony Martin of Vegan Organic Network, the also the editor of Growing Green International, the magazine of the Vegan Organic Network. Thank you for being here. It's exciting to have a chance to talk with you and your beautiful view of we, I usually do a video, I do a video recording and I load that up to Facebook so people can enjoy, um, you know, the video version and then we do the, I'll extract the audio, but it's great. You're, you've got one of the best backgrounds I've seen. <laughs> I, I'm very lucky. It's um, where I live. Well, I don't actually live in this spot in the woodlands, but uh, I have a house attached to the woodland and um, this is part of the five and a half acres up here and it's having such beautiful weather. I thought it was a great place to, to be Right, and you are in, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Swansea? Yeah, it's near Swansea. Uh, it's a place most people can't pronounce. So um, it's a place called Astragunlice, which is about 15 miles north of Swansea. One more uh, time. Wales in the UK. Okay. Um, what really briefly, I'm going to also apologize in advance. I am um, recording outdoors as well, but there might be some ambient noise of traffic. I'm in a little spot with some with a road nearby, so I apologize in advance, but um, so, right, so you're in the UK, and the reason we're talking is um, I learned about Vaughn Vegan Organic Network sometime last year, actually when I started uh, this website, uh, Pacific Roots Magazine website, and quickly became very interested in vegan agriculture and wanting to feature that, um, not, not as a farmer myself because I'm not but as somebody who's interested as a consumer um, also to see learn more learn about the resources out there and I think quite rapidly one does come up because uh, it's such a well-established resource and network correct so I'd love to hear a little bit about yeah, your background and how you how you came well in general your own background but then also how you came to Vaughn yourself um, well, I, I became vegan in 1986, you know, for the animals. So it's always been a, a very, very passionate cause for me. And I, I did have a tent to make a house in Derby, and it just felt too small once I'd um, once I'd filled it up with trees and bushes, etc. I decided I wanted to go somewhere bigger. And um, in 1993, I found this place, uh, this place in Wales. And I walked around it once and went, I want this place. Uh, it's beautiful. It has a stream, it has a spring. Uh, I purchased originally the one acre woodland that came with it. And then next year I bought another four and a half acres. So I have a total of five and a half acres of what was pasture land. And it was very degraded due to animal uh, farming over probably hundreds of years here. So literally we have an inch of soil and then it's boulder clay. Um, they used to mine clay here. It's, it's that solid so it's quite challenging work here um, and yes since then over the last 17 years I've planted about 12 and a half thousand willow trees several hundred fruit and nut bushes um, the willow being biomass uh, to help for microclimate you know, prevention of wind damage um, to provide fuel as well but now I'm coppicing and chipping these for a biodigester and also as mulch for hugel culture beds and other beds for growing. Oh, fantastic. So you started your own, your own, um, 
your own plot of land and your own uh, introduction to vegan agriculture, of course, long before you became involved with the network. Yes, um, I had heard of uh, Von. It was when it was starting off, David Graham, who's one of the founders, uh, contacted me. And um, at the time, unfortunately, I was too busy with work and other things, etc. And so I kind of lost contact for quite a while. Uh, then a friend of mine who ran some various holidays, uh, he got in contact with us. He had taken over as the editor. That's Malcolm Horn, the previous editor. And we were friends, and I helped him a bit with magazines, did some articles for him, and also for the Permaculture magazine. Uh, when he decided to step down, uh, he suggested that I look into becoming editor. And um, yes, that was five issues ago now. So. Yeah, that's really exciting. I have a few. We're going to get to that later, but um, I, have a, I have a few of the issues here that you sent me. So, of course, I'll mention all the all that about the issues later. But um, so for for people listening, I think there's I know I know many people who I think are aware of your network. But for those who aren't, maybe we can get into the overview and purpose of Vaughn. What is Vaughn? Um, you sent me the aims, which about seven aims, which I'm going to publish along with this podcast so people could read along. Um, but the aims are, I mean, they're, they're very succinct, but, but also quite, quite extensive at the same time. Um, should I go through those real quick or do you want to? Uh, if, if you'd like to, yeah. I mean, as you say, they're succinct, but they're, there's a lot of work behind each one. There's um, mm -hmm. a lot of ground that needs to be covered because people are very much used to the standard agricultural practices of spray it, put manure on, put blood and bones on. So it, it's quite a challenge. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, I would love to actually go through them because I'm, I, I, wrote, I have them all written down here myself and, and I'm learning. So first, educating the public about how their food is grown. For me, this is how I even came to the concept of vegan agriculture. I became a vegan myself and it wasn't until a few years later that I was even thinking about how are my vegetables grown. Um, that, is it possible to grow food veganically? And then the steps of awareness that I think are probably not uncommon for people finding out, oh, there, it is possible and there's people on the planet who are doing it <laughs> and it's working. And so part of my goal, I mean, I would, I would love to start farming someday myself, but part of my goal is as a consumer helping to change consumer awareness as well um, so that people... Right, so, so that's part of uh, the, one of the Vaughn principles is educating the public. I'm gonna skip ahead to the very last one because uh, it's campaigning for a veganic standard. And I really like that one, yeah. Good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I think if we can get these standards recognized and widely used, like the Vegetarian Society standards and Vegan Society standards, people can just look and go, Yes, these haven't been grown in basically slaughterhouse products. I mean, a lot of people aren't aware of how many products that are from a slaughterhouse will go into food production. Um, for instance, the John Innes compound, the original formulation for that is hoof and horn is one of the ingredients there for the nitrogen side. So if you buy some John Innes potting compost or other compounds from uh, just a standard place like B&Qs or whatever, that can have blood, bone, uh, hoof and horn, and other items in there, or, as well as chemicals. Um, so it's great that if we can get things labeled, like compost, as well as the actual produce that's grown in there, it'll enable people, not only vegans, but people who want to avoid 
um, the environmental impacts as well of animal farming. It'll give them a chance to do the same. Yeah, that's so important that you mentioned that because um, it's, it's easy to forget and sometimes people are, are really um, not comfortable with the vegan label yet, right? So, but to, for, pe for people to realize this isn't just for vegans, it is also an environmental concern broadly for humans. Um, so to support vegan agriculture, it's not necessarily even about being vegan, it's about being concerned with how our, uh, the, um, the integrity of our food. Um, so this, uh, the veganic standard, um, also the potting compost. Is there a veganic potting compost available in the UK? Um, there is. There's a couple of online places. If you just search for veganic um, compost, veganic, um, oh, okay. uh, veganic um, liquid manures, etc., oh. um, you will find some. Um, it's it can be harder. It can be harder to get hold of them. And I, I grow uh, monkey puzzle trees, and some I'm starting up some other plants to sell on a commercial scale. I mean, I've sold somewhere between seven, eight thousand monkey puzzle trees over the years. And of course, with the lockdown, I've been struggling to get to compost. Um, I normally get waste from green waste from the council, which is as about as environmentally friendly as I can get. But this year, we haven't been able to get any, so I've been working on a biodigester that will take in chipped, um, chipped coppiced wood like behind me, and that will turn it into a liquid feed plus uh, methane gas for cooking and heating, etc. So that's how COVID has actually move me forward is something I've always wanted to try as well. Interesting. Is that also across the Vaughn network or that's just at your at your farm? Oh, that's myself. You know, um, it's, it's something that anyone can do really. It's um, something we don't tend to do in this sort of country, but it's quite popular in places like China, India, etc. Particularly where countries are warmer. In this country, a biodigester needs to be kept warm quite a lot. Um, but in other countries, literally it can be put outside and they can digest. Um, they do. They use similar bacteria that you find in a cow's stomach that digests the cellulose there, which tends to need sort of body heat temperatures for the best work you can do. Okay. Um, like I want to get returned to the aims because I think these are so interesting to go through. So, um, so also we talked about educating the public, campaigning for the vegan standard, also networking with growers locally and around the world. Uh, you are UK-based, Vaughn is UK-based, but attracts, I imagine, quite an international community, particularly on social media. Yes. It's really great to have that network. Um, specifying methods and standards for veganic growing to enable growers to become certified using these standards. So you, there is a standard in, in the UK, predominantly. Yes, yeah. Um, it's, it's something I don't tend to deal with that side of it. Mine's more the magazine and more the practical get out there and plant things side. Right, right. Uh, is, um, there are other people in Bonn who'd be able to answer that question um, better than I. Okay, yeah, it's, it's great to just touch on them too. Um, it's supporting the Veganic Demonstrations Education Research Centers, uh, which I imagine is quite robust too, because there's this advocacy side as well. Yeah, it's, it's something that's an ongoing thing. We're, we're looking at something along those lines at the moment. Um, and there are various places around the country that, for instance, Ian Tolhurst uh, runs Tolhurst Organics. So it's been growing organically, I think, for around 20 years now. 
and obviously they've got a great deal of experience in commercial level growing. In fact, um, this year they told me that they've had to plant all their fields out and get extra staff because wow. uh, everyone wants their produce. Um, I don't know whether it's particularly because of scarcity of other produce or the fact that people don't want produce that has been in uh, animal manures or blood bone, etc. There are a link between um, diseases, uh, many, many diseases out there. I mean, no one's heard of chickpea um, disease or um, mad carrot disease. This basically, plants do not um, pass viruses onto us, but there are many instances with animals where viruses have come from animals, especially in um, factory farm conditions, that can come out and kill many of us, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's what this pandemic is showing. I mean, it's what for a lot many, I'm seeing a lot of media about it. I mean, this is just one in a series of issues we, we're probably going to have to deal with, if not in our lives, in our next generation lives. So this isn't yeah. the, the end. It's something to be very serious about. Um, so also more of the aims, encouraging veganic cultivation on a small scale, as well as commercial growing. I love that because that also addresses the spectrum of people who it's like just that at home gardener interested in your resources as well as commercial farmers. There's so many benefits, not just growing your own for flavor or for being organic, but the health benefits of being connected with the soil and getting out there doing physical exercising, uh, many things like that. So there's so many benefits. And I'm, that's one of the things I like to concentrate on the magazine with is getting techniques out there to people uh, sometimes people who have you know health needs for instance like um, uh, someone we came across recently and she had uh, I believe it's chronic fatigue syndrome and she wanted to do some work in the garden but couldn't think of easy ways to work in the garden that would not sap her energy so things like hoover culture beds where you don't have to bend over so much um, planting perennials rather than annuals things like that it's nice to be able to encourage people to do that sort of thing and actually get out there and do it themselves. Absolutely, right. It's such a, uh, especially during this time, I've seen a surge in media about the health benefits of gardening. So it's really, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say this is an exciting time, but it is. There are, there are areas of this chapter in time that are exciting. Like I love when I, I saw in America, um, in certain regions, gardening stores were seen as essential services. I don't know if it was the same in the UK. So everything's locked down. And that's, that seems like common sense, but it could have also been deemed, no, this is not essential, but um, it makes sense that they are essential services. Um, no. but the, right, but the idea that people are, are, are also inspired and motivated at this time to pick up gardening or expand their current, you know, gardening projects is really really exciting there's one more aim and then i do want to dig into the magazine since that's your area so the last aim of vaughn to support farmers who want to convert to vegan growing um so that's really exciting yeah again as a consumer i love that because i would love to buy veganic produce you know so i would love to grow it but also support farmers who do that so moving on to Growing Green International. You are the editor. I don't know if you have any copies in front of you, but for the video version, just gonna hold I up. Slacked, I slacked on that one, I'm afraid, yeah. 
I bought a few of my copies. I'm so excited. I'm a hard copy gal. So shall we just touch on briefly the fact that you've made the digital, that Vaughn has made the digital copies? Yes, indeed. Um, when I looked at what was happening out there in the world of COVID, I was worried that people would struggle either from actually being able to get hold of fresh fruit and veg or financially being um, stricken during this time where people are losing their jobs or they're not getting the full amount of wages. Um, so we chatted at Vaughn and decided to release all our back issues and the Grove Veganically booklet free to anyone in the world rather than just members as a little something that we can do to alleviate some of the suffering that's going on there. And I think it's been received very well. None of our members have objected to this. I think they all see that they're there for the greater good, basically. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, um, and it, they're digital. I want to emphasize you've made the digital available, but I ordered, I wrote to you, <laughs> seeing if I could order some physical copies because I'm just, I'm old school. I'm old, I'm in my 40s. I'm old, I'm old school, I would say, but I think from 40s older, we grew up with a lot of prints. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just, and I'm excited to now have the stack in my home so that anybody who comes can, you know, flip through and, um, and also enjoy and then also go to your website. So uh, they're, they're just so rich with information. I can't wait to dig into them. So this was your, the most recent issue was the 44th issue? Correct. Correct. Was that spring of spring 2020? Uh, yes. Spring 2020 uh, with the smiling gal. Um, and so that was the, that was the 44th issue and your fifth issue. So I would love to hear a little bit um, as an, just about your, yeah, your editorial eye and mind and um, you know, what goes into every issue and uh, is there a theme to each issue and how do you decide content and stories? Um, well, I, I try to do a wide range of articles. Um, I personally like a more technical article, um, for instance, one on soil or biochar production, which I find fascinating. Um, but we also try and do lighter, more easy to read articles um, for the beginner, for instance. Like um, we do a series with Piers Warren, uh, the author, who does a series called From Seed to Plate. So that's everything from getting a seed, planting it, growing it on, harvesting it, and then finally cooking it and producing a meal, which I think is a great introduction for people. And that's been very popular. Um, yeah, um, I suppose what I try and do is get a wide range of uh, articles if I can, um, and try not to repeat articles from the past. Every article is uh, freshly created for the magazine. We don't just take articles from elsewhere and just slap them in. Um, we feel that's a bit cheating, quite frankly. Uh, the next issue is going to be a very interesting issue because I think COVID-19 brought home to us actually how fragile the world is. Uh, I mean, everyone's thinking, oh, COVID-19, that's going to be over. And we do hope it's all going to be over. But what about COVID-20, COVID-21 or whatever they could be? It could be around the corner. We don't know what's going to happen. So what I wanted to do is uh, produce the next issue. Um, we'll cover... Um, I, would, I don't like to say a kind of survivalist guide, but it's along the lines of um, saving your own seed, for instance. Uh, there's been a big shortage of seed in this country. People have been trying to 
grow stuff and actually not being able to get hold of the seed, for instance. Um, making your own compost cheaply. Um, how to do organic growing on a budget. Um, using parts of uh, food that's normally wasted. For instance, um, beetroot stalks. I was introduced to them as um, a thing to eat. And them fried up with onions is one of my favorite meals. It's, it's absolutely delicious. I never would have thought of it in stalks. Right. Uh, that, that sort of thing is going to the next issue. Okay, exciting. So that would be, that will be um, autumn, winter? Yes, yes. So there's two issues each year. It's spring, spring, summer, autumn, winter. And then at the turn of the year, it's okay. Um, and then when a person signs up as a member anywhere in the world, they get they get the issue. Yes, um, if they uh, want paper issues, they get sent the previous issue and the current issue. Uh, and then if you're digital, you well, both digital and paper will get access to all the back issues anytime they want them. Um, so they could just go in there, download them, read them, print them off, whatever they want to do. Okay. So looking ahead, so you're planning, are you usually, I mean, I would assume you're usually pretty focused on just the next upcoming issue, but are you sensing, especially in this time, it feels like there's really seismic changes happening um, in awareness, in, I mean, in media, I mean, in, I mean, I imagine it in the interest in Bonn, has there been a kind of any noticeable change of interest also in the organization and participation? Uh, we've certainly had an increase in membership, um, more traffic through on our newsletter, that's been going up. And um, we've recently started Veganic Gardeners Question Time as one of the online um, casts that we're doing on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. So that's, that's gaining a lot of interest. And I think that's something that will continue once COVID's gone out of the way. I think it's, I think we need to give as you say, you enjoy using a paper product, and a lot of people do. They they read it better, they absorb it better. Some like video, some like electronic format, some like audio. So we're going to be expanding the range of media that we've got and the types of media that we produce. Um, but also, I think we've we do things like um, uh, petitions, etc., to try and get labelling, to try and encourage people not to subsidise animal farming, etc because we know what that is doing to the planet. Sorry, I'm gonna turn that off so that's not beeping. Right, yeah, that's that's very flexible of Vaughn to cater to all those different types of, um, that's very savvy, yeah, because it's true. Some people are, do like to um, digest their media audio. For example, I'm online quite often, but I, it's tricky for me to read a full magazine online. So it's really, I'm, I'm so grateful that you even have so many back issues in print too. Um, and then also, of course, people love video. So that's uh, the vegan gardener's question time. It sounds like a tremendous resource also for, um, you know, we even, I even contacted, I think it was through you, uh, um, a lady in Sweden who had sent one of the questions for the, right. So I'm in touch with her and it's me. It kind of connects across, you know, across borders and right back here to, to people, you know, in the country I live in who are growing veganically. So um, you guys are sort of a, a headquarters, a hub. You know? um, so, yeah, exactly. So um, 
my last question, I think you've already touched on it quite a lot, but uh, because, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic and every place sort of going through some unique change, um, I do like to touch on, you know, how this current time, you know, what's going on in your own community, if you want to share that. And then I was going to ask how it's influenced Bond, but you've already kind of referenced that. And I think it's fascinating to hear that, um, Tolhurst, uh, for example, mentioned that they had to get new staff and that um, demand for their product has gone up. I mean, I've, I'm hearing similar about community-supported agriculture, that a lot of them are, their demand for boxes is going up. Um, so it's super exciting that there's an uptick of interest in Bonn as well. Is there any other sort of influence that you're seeing um, thinking about during this time moving forward or even just in your community um thing how is your local community to be honest i must admit having five and a half acres and um and levying selling the monkey puzzle trees etc i've been to tesco's or other supermarkets every two or three weeks I've oh wow. okay <laughs> Yo, you're all set for pandemic time. <laughs> you're not really. I, I've, I've really, yeah, kind of been quite isolated here with my partner. I mean, there's a job of coppicing around two or three thousand willows that needs to be done. Um, I need to chip probably 10, 20 cubic meters of uh, this for mulching down, etc. Um, opening up the forest. So basically, at the moment, it's very much to enclose because the soil is so bad I wanted to regenerate the soil so I grew all the willow but now's the time for it to chop down and regenerate the soil by being incorporated as organic mass into the soil and that then opens up the canopy for the fruit and nut trees and bushes so that's pretty much been my focus I'm afraid. It's quite bright there um it's 7 30 correct? Uh yes. yes I'm, yeah, I'm we've had I mean from August last year through to about February this year, we had 2.1 meters of rain up on this land. Then sunshine, and we've had about that much rain since the last two months, maybe. It's been phenomenal weather, so very much out in the land and very grateful for it during this, this time of being locked down. Right. Oh, I think I remember chatting with you once. You're bringing water to the tadpoles on part of your yes. land, right? Oh, we've got a couple of ponds where they, a puddle, they decided this was going to be home and they wouldn't be rehomed any further away. So I kept bringing buckets of water up and pumping up from the stream. You know, I made a tiny reservoir and stream and I pumped that up. Oh, there are, but I wish it just stay put somewhere where I can water them once. Wait, where, where, how are they now? Um, they seem to be okay. I think a lot of them have left now. Mm -hmm. uh, got another pond and a, one of the ponds very much silts up and that silt, um, this is we're very much interested in permaculture in Bonn as well, and permaculture principles fit in very well with Bonn. Um, the silt I take from there, I then mix with compost, and that makes um, the stuff I put my plants into. So it's nice, fine soil plus compost makes a, an ideal potting compound. But that, of course, then deepens the place for the tadpoles, so the tadpoles have got some water, so we're doing two for the price of one. Okay, great. It's very exciting. And I, I also ordered a few books. Um, I will mention for people listening, you have a whole wealth of resources at the website. You have a permaculture book there. Um, 
I ordered several books, but there's so, there's so many books there. Great gardening books, uh, issues about sustainability and agriculture, correct? Yep. All of them? Um, yep. There's a whole, whole range. I mean, there's a couple of classic books there. His name totally eludes me at the moment. Uh, <laughs> one's Tellhurst. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's worth reading. Um, we also deal with um, Graham Burnett, who's a vegan permaculturist. Um, in fact, if anyone's interested in growing well or growing a larger area, I would highly recommend a Graham Burnett course. Um, as I say, he's been vegan for many, many years. And he will enable you to get the best out of your land. Mm. Um, a good example of permaculture principles there is that um, I've got this IBC tank. Uh, I wanted to store water in there. And I thought, well, the sun's going to degrade it. The plastic will break. And I don't want broken plastic and get a new one. I thought, I'll, I'll put some sticks on top to dry them. And that way I'll protect it from sunlight. And I'll have dry sticks for the fire. Well, hang on, I can do better than this. And in the end, I worked out about 11 functions of this IBC tank, which is full of water, formed, including microclimates for growing things, um, a place to put weeds, then mulch down and form um, a feed for the plants. So permaculture is about getting the best, and I would highly recommend that anyone who really wants to grow their own has a look into it. Absolutely. Thank you. And I will link to all of the, the resources, the online the, um, Facebook group, which is also full of, it's a great community to be a part of, um, and uh, back issues of Growing Green International, the website, of course. Is there anything else I'm forgetting to mention? Uh, YouTube channel. YouTube channel, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, we're doing more um, stuff on the YouTube channel. The previous uh, Vegan Gardener's Question Time, for instance. Right. They're going up on um, the Facebook's, uh, if, if you've got Facebook, that is a very good place to get some answers to any questions you've got about organic growing. Um, we've got quite an active community there. And people like Ian Tolhurst occasionally pop in and you know, perhaps answer some of the hard questions. Although this year, as I say, is so busy, I, I don't think poor chaps are um, getting enough sleep, quite frankly. <laughs> what a terrible <laughs> problem to have. <laughs> and when it's this light, this late, you just tend to work, quite frankly. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you taking the time. And also, of course, for people who are on Instagram, Instagram lovers love their Instagram. So it's Vegan Organic UK, correct? Probably. Veganic Organic. I believe it is. I follow it. I think that's what it is. It's also a really um, great account. I will link it all. And um, I look forward to communicating with all of you uh, at Bonn more and uh, featuring your resources and I need to become a member myself. I will be joining up soon. So thank you so much. Yeah, um, I'd just like to say that um, we can only do what we do, you know, to encourage veganic growing or to help veganic growers by people joining us, quite frankly. Um, if you can join or if you can just uh, give a donation to us, that would be very much appreciated. You know, um, we're one of the, the only people in this country who are working towards the organic growing standards and trying to produce resources to help people. Uh, so if you can't donate, that's fine. If you can spread us on social media, that is also wonderful. Any or both of those is very, very much appreciated. Absolutely. And, and I think if people can, yeah, if people can join, they get the, a membership, um, they get a subscription to the magazine as well, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's 
books as well. So. Yeah, that's great. And um, also, it's been, pardon? Sorry. I was just going to say you can join up to the uh, email newsletter, which is free as well. Oh, well, that's very, that's nice too. Um, I wanted to say it's been lovely to talk with you and hear the birds in the back. I'm sure it's a lot better than the traffic you're hearing on my end. I have to apologize, but uh, it's been lovely to hear the birds in the background there also. It's been lovely to chat to you. Thank you for contacting us. Yes, thank you, Tony. We'll be in touch. Take care. Good evening. Thank you for listening to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Visit us online at pacificrootsmagazine.com.